Doug Goldstein, eFuturist, Health Innovation Media, Health 2.0, 10th Annual. John Madison, one of the leaders in um, health. <laughs> and how we get there through technology. And you were part of a panel talking about blockchain and how it's going to help us get there. And what really struck me about this is not the technology, but with your role in Kaiser, you're actually identifying use cases. Um, and can you talk a little bit about the use cases and how blockchain could help make health better? Sure. Um, like every new technology, uh, it, it go, it's going through a hype cycle. And right now, it hasn't even peaked. So the, the, the hype around blockchain is going to continue to rise. And because of that, um, there are things being proposed for which blockchain is not a good solution and that causes some disillusionment of those who would uh, be critical of the blockchain opportunity. I think there are several really huge opportunities for using blockchain in healthcare and I'm working on a couple projects that are, that are uh, moving forward with those use cases. What I'm most interested in, uh, both to focus the energy of uh, the healthcare industry around the uh, ideal uses of blockchain, but as well to look for opportunities where Kaiser Permanente can play a, a, an early role uh, in the deployment of, of blockchain in its, in its many facets, um, is to do a matrix that shows what are the inherent capabilities, strengths and weaknesses of blockchain versus what are the many use cases that we're having a lot of friction with today. So with any new technology, um, the best place to look for where to apply it is where is there a lot of friction in the current uh, operations or usage or uh, efficiencies and economies. And the other way to look at it is, is the flip side, which is mostly where I live, and that is what problems am I trying to solve and how can blockchain actually work for us? So doing the matrix that uh, I have a team helping me build the matrix right now that looks at all those capabilities, strengths and weaknesses on one axis and all the use cases on the other axis to find out first and foremost where are the highest value propositions that where there's good alignment of the blockchain capabilities with that particular use case and then secondarily after uh, uh, really highlighting those where does it make sense for us to be uh, in some sense a an advocate or even a market maker and a market in the sense of creating the infrastructure not in terms of monetizing a product and so um, we for example have been characterized as a market maker for Epic as an electronic health record. Um, we don't share in any of the economic uh, uh, consequences of uh, catalyzing Epic's success in the marketplace. Similarly, in the open source world of blockchain, I think that we have a role to play in terms of how blockchain is implemented, not just in which use cases, but in the interoperability amongst use cases. So what I like to characterize the blockchain today is that we are sitting right on the cusp of a TCP IP moment. So TCP IP um, is the creation of Vint Cerf and a few others that is really credited with forming the internet. If we had five different flavors of TCP IP or alternatives for TCP IP, we wouldn't have one internet. We would be talking about the internets and we would talk about, and where did, which internet did you see that on? Or which internet social circle do you belong to? But there's only one internet. And because of the interconnectedness of the use cases of blockchain, for example, identity management, 
provenance management for people, things, and ideas, um, restoring sovereign identity to individuals such as refugees currently from Syria and other places uh, in the world that are troubled. How do we provide an identity to these people while they have no uh, a constancy or consistency in where they live and and who they are, how can we provide sovereign identity that gives them an opportunity um, to interact with the rest of the world without being essentially lost to that world? So in the case of healthcare, having a sovereign identity means that you potentially would be able to have the kind of sovereign access over your own data so that you could share it when and where and how and for how long you would like to with different institutions. Institutions have the obligation to retain data for specified periods of time, but individuals have the right to share subsets of those data with uh, different uh, institutions and entities for secondary use purposes, for, for healthcare purposes. And as one example of a use case that's very compelling for blockchain, it's the identity and provenance of individuals and the, the, the ledger of transactions um, that are related to them in healthcare. And there's, there's just a myriad of benefits that derive from that. So health information exchange today is very much crippled by problems in identity management. Blockchain doesn't solve all those problems, but blockchain has a role to play in that solution set. And I think that there may be a role uh, for my institution to play in helping create um, convergence of some of the solutions and help prevent forking so that we don't refer to the internets or to the blockchains um, that um, these uh, that we can by design create some early interoperability and that's not to say we need one blockchain for everything quite the contrary we need many, many blockchains for many, many different purposes, some of which are public ledgers, some of which are private ledgers, some of which are fully anonymized and others not so much. And so there, there, there is an entire ecosystem that will emerge in this space about how the use cases interact with each other. But um, what, we, what we need to be very careful of is that we don't allow healthcare to once again have forking of interoperability. We've seen that movie too many times. And we, we, we are on the cusp of getting that right or repeating our bad habit of having too many standards rather than not enough. So you're working on this capabilities and use case matrix. And I think you teed in on my last question, which I didn't have to ask because your neurotransmitters are picking up. Where do you think we'll start? Maybe it's identity management. Might be, we haven't committed yet. We right. haven't committed. Well, so what, other top, what are the top two or three areas you think blockchain might be applied other than identity management? Identity management, provenance, uh, financial transactions, um, uh, personal health records. Um, I think all of those are really exciting. Microattribution. So uh, there is already a project led by David Hauser at UC Santa Cruz to use a public ledger for exposing what are called somatic variants. So every cancer has a has a, a certain fingerprint of somatic mutations that characterize that cancer. But uh, for a given cell type of breast cancer, every individual has their own array. So if I have a woman sitting in front of me today who has a new diagnosis of breast cancer and I know what her somatic variants are, I wanna know the 275 people worldwide who had exactly the same somatic variants as her, see if I can identify 
that they exist first, construct that cohort in an anonymous way so I have no idea who they are and I could not possibly re-identify them, and then be able to use the hash back to the source institution individual to get consent for the purposes of helping me treat the patients sitting in front of me. Um, and the design that David Hausler and others at UC Santa Cruz, now working with UCSF in the Netherlands and Australia as a prototype uh, to be launched later this fall, is intended to be able to identify those 275 candidates to be cohort members, find out who then is willing to say, oh, I trust what you're doing. I agree that um, that is valuable and then allow us to see how they were treated and what the result were so that, so that this woman sitting in front of me will benefit from the global experience of how people ex who had cancers exactly like hers were treated and who got the best benefit, best benefit and how do we construct a treatment plan around that kind uh, of, of knowledge. So it's, it's near real time um, surfing the global knowledge base that's relevant to that individual sitting in front of me or that's relevant to the research protocol that I'm testing um, at a, a level of personalized medicine that is very specific to the somatic variants of that individual. Now, if you take that model, you can apply it to microbiomics, you could apply it to immunomics, you could apply it to connectomics, you could apply it to exposomics, you could apply it to all of the cascade from the genome to the transcriptome to the proteome to the metabolome. And so we got the uh, proteome. Oh, no, you got the proteome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and the lipidome. Um, so th there's a way that you could expose information that is sufficient to construct a cohort and do a secondary request for consent and more information in a way where, where uh, you, you have no insight into who the individual is who owns that data um, across all of these different um, data sources and be able to much more rapidly create a more micro-constrained cohort. So in the world of precision medicine, it's about being able to constrain variants within cohorts, ultimately down to an N of 1. But with an N of 1, you don't know how that N of 1 is best treated if it's the first time you've seen that N of 1. So you can, you can, you can uh, relax the constraints a little bit through how you construct the cohort to find people who closest resemble that individual and, and have evidenced, uh, practice-based evidence of what worked for them be applied to your patient and then evidence-based practice of what you learned from that about how to uh, publish new research about this micro cohort in the world of uh, precision medicine. So there's this virtuous cycle of evidence-based practice and practice-based evidence that where blockchain can become uh, the, the central transaction and transformational model for how cohorts are constructed, both for the patient in front of me, as well as for the research generated for others to benefit by. Now, what is that project called? What's the name of that project? It's uh, CGT, the Cancer Genome Trust. And Cancer Genome Trust. And if you go to the GitHub on the Global Alliance for Genomics and Health.org, or GA4GH, you and go to the GitHub, you will find CGT, or the Cancer Genome Trust, which describes it in great detail. And uh, UC Santa Cruz, David Hauser and team are leading that. Um, and, and researchers from UCSF, the Netherlands, and Australia are participating. And that may be another place that might have some uh, um, opportunity for us to be early movers in, in, in helping to advance the utility of that approach. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the Cancer Genome Trust, it could be in the Microbiome Trust. Um, but the model that David has built out um, is ready to put into production 
uh, and, it, and it's extensible and scalable for all of those other areas. So it's very exciting to me that this will be a, um, a, a tremendous breakthrough in how we truly begin to create personalized medicine. I don't like the term precision. Uh, personalized medicine, um, because there's very little precise about the human experience. There's a, there's a lot of personalization. And so to the extent that this model can be extended to outside of the realm of somatic variants of cancer, uh, I think there's, there's, there's enormous promise. And that's another area I'm very interested in.